0: Welcome to the Jerusalem Lights podcast with Rabbi Chaim Richman, whose goal is Torah for everyone. I'm your co-host, Jim Long, and now Rabbi Chaim
1: Richman. Shalom aleichem, Jim Long, and all our precious listeners.
0: Shalom, shalom to our listeners, and uh, I have one word for you today, Rabbi. Rabbi. And and it's the secret word, as they used to say on the game show grateful. So, grateful uh, is
1: is a perfect word because that's actually the theme of this week's Torah portion, I believe. Amen. It's a major factor of this week's Torah portion of Kitavo, which is the seventh parsha in the book of Devarim, beginning in chapter 26. And, you know, we are coming towards the new year. And, it's hard to believe. Time is going by very, very quickly, isn't? Is it not, Jim? It's,
0: it reminds me of my my the time in my radio career when I used to tell people I have one of the few jobs in the world because I enjoyed being in radio so much. Where I had to constantly watch the clock, and uh, people said would say to me, "Isn't that kind of doesn't it feel like drudgery because you're constantly looking at the clock?" And I said, "I'm having so much fun." Even though I have to look at the clock, I'm not aware of the time. Isn't that a weird contradiction? And I think that's a a kind of a model for uh, having a good life. We're enjoying life at the point where time is not an issue anymore. I think
1: that the key to the enjoyment of life, according to Torah, the main factor in, in this week's Torah portion as well, as we'll see, is... Appreciation for what Hashem gives us, appreciation for everything for, yeah. and being thankful, like you said, being, being grateful and alive. And this Torah portion is, is quite amazing. One reason that it's so amazing is because it begins with a um, uh, description of... Uh, a ceremony that is going to be taking place when the people of Israel enter into their land, the ceremony of the bringing of the Bikurim, the first fruits of the year. And this, as we'll learn, is a very, very joyous occasion. And the the very, very same Torah portion, this week's Torah portion, Kitavo, when you arrive, when you come into the land, and it shall come to pass when you enter into the land, it also includes a section a very harsh section of what you would call curses or admonition, Uh, similar to the curses that are found at the end of the book of Leviticus, except that here there are twice as many. There are twice as many. Another another interesting distinction is that the ones in Vayikra, uh, as it were, were uttered by Hashem. And these were uttered by Moshe himself. Another important difference is that these are in the singular tense. In other words, they are, they are spoken to an individual, but it remains to be seen. What we need to understand is what is this all about? These very harsh warnings of what will happen if we stray from the path of, of doing the commandments. This, there's so much here. It is a, it is a total unit, uh, just like all of the Torah itself, but there, there's the, the messages that are being broadcast to us here uh, just shortly before the end of the year are so powerful. In fact, you know, this Torah portion of Kitavo is always read on the second to the last Shabbat of the year, two weeks before Rosh Hashanah. Mm-hmm. And one reason for this tradition is so that we don't come into the new year <laughs> having just read the this harsh section, uh, because that would kind of be like starting the new year on a on a seemingly negative note but also fitting in with the themes of the month of elul and the spiritual preparation for the coming new year the, the, the whole idea of kitavot is that we are arriving now at the, in in the new reality
0: yeah. but
1: the amazing thing is that when the the torah portion it comes on the heels of the conclusion of last week's torah portion of Kitetse, and that was the commandment to remember amalek yeah that's how parshat kitetze ended it ended with Remember what Amalek did to you on the way when you were leaving Egypt and this eternal commandment of Hashem's that we must never forget, that we must wipe out Amalek. And everything that that power represents, it is basically the opposite of um, Believing in divine providence is mm-hmm. the opposite of believing in Hashem. It's the opposite of of connecting with the fact that there's a divine power that runs the world. It's the opposite because it is the lowest realm of evil, and it is and it is the and it and it feeds off a weakness in mm-hmm. faith. And thus, we have that verse, Deuteronomy twenty-five, and verse eighteen, that he happened upon you along the way, which is the Hebrew Asher Karcha. He happened upon you because, first of all, he makes everything that power makes everything seems that stuff just happens to you and that we are all just flotsam and jetsam moving around in a universe of Melfi You Sino, of things just happen and you can't do anything about it. That's one idea of Asher Karcha, that he happened upon you. The other side of it is that the word Karcha, he, he happened to you, the root of that Kufrish also means cold. And so there's an idea in Hasidut that he cooled you off. Like he makes you, he makes you less... He, he he cools off the heart. He makes you feel that there's nothing to be excited about. Life is not is not good. Is is the opposite of what you were saying. Like yeah. it's going by and it's happiness and it's. Uh, he makes you feel that being in this world is a burden. Yeah. So 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 the, the parsha is so beautiful when it, as it begins. It will be when you enter the land. Remember that Moshe Rabbeinu was finishing up his career now. In fact, the la, the next beginning next week's Torah portion of the last four Torah portions were said on the last day of Moshe Rabbeinu's life. And so he's giving this whole tremendous oratory in these last weeks before he passes away. And, and again, he's not going in and he, he, in abstentia, he loves the land of Israel so much. And he's so concerned about the future of his people in the land. And so it's like, he's looking, he's gazing into the future as he begins this Parsha and he relates this tremendously beautiful vision to this generation that's about to enter the land and, he, and he's telling them, you know, there's going to be a holy temple and you're, you're going to have your life and you're going to grow your, your, the fruits of the land, not like it is now. Again, again you know, don't forget, it's the manna now, right? This is a whole different thing. You're going to be men. You're going to be growing your own food. And so when you have the fruit of the land, you're going to, the first fruit you're going to take up to the holy temple. There's a whole pr- a procedure that he describes here in the Mishnah, Tractate gives us the beautiful details of how this is done. You take the first fruits of the of the land, and and you present them to the officiating Kohain before the altar of Hashem, which is the very place from where Adam, all of our ancestor, our ancestor Adam, was created from, and the individual brings, brings this, the products of the land and lays it before the altar of Hashem. he makes this incredible declaration of thanks. And he basically gives this little summary of history, complete history, beginning with, you know, our forefathers in Egypt and Hashem taking us out and, 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 you lay it before Hashem, your God, and you shall prostrate yourself before Hashem, your God. So the person is in total nullification of the self, which is the secret of prostration before Hashem. And then, then verse 11 says, you shall rejoice with all the goodness that Hashem, your God has given you in your household. So, so the idea about this first fruits is totally overwhelming because again, the man is working so hard to to grow the produce of the earth. And every step of the way it requires so much attention and and you know the moment that something um something appears to him as as ready as as ripe as ripens the Mishnah describes how a man goes into his field and he And he sees that something has ripened to perfection and he ties a band around it. And he actually orally declares, this is the first fruit. And he saves it to bring to Jerusalem. There's a whole, the whole season. It begins with Shavuot, the festival of weeks, which is the beginning of the season of the first fruits. And it continues all the way to Sukkot and the different, you know, things ripen at a different rate. And he takes them up. And, and, and the, the way I've always looked at it is, you know, it's such a me moment when this man has been working so hard. And finally, the, 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 the labor of his, uh, the fruit of his labor is, is ready to eat. Like you would think he would like just devour it like, on the spot. Like this is what I've been waiting for. This is about me. This is my, 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 my work, my effort, my toil. And instead, it's like this, this, this incredible image of self-restraint that he steps back and says, whoa, this is the first fruit. This is for Hashem. This is from Hashem, of Hashem, for Hashem. And so he takes it and he ties it and he actually literally makes a sign on it. This this one. And that's the one that he brings to the Holy Temple. And he lays it before Hashem. And it's this closing of a circle in this realization that I, I don't have anything here Without you. Everything that you give me is yours in the first place. It's like everything that you give me is really yours. And so, Mm -hmm. and so it's this tremendous feeling of gratitude that's it must be so overwhelming. And and you know, I I never get over this from year to year. It's just so incredibly moving to me that the word that's used by the Torah here in verse two of chapter 26 is it says, you shall place them in a basket. And there are several words for basket in Hebrew that could have been used, but this word that's used here is teneh, which is tet nun aleph. And so you place these fruits in a basket. And so the the Holy Belshem Tov has a very cryptic, enigmatic teaching on this. And it just says one sentence. He says, this word teneh, which means basket, is an acronym. It stands for ta'amim, n'kudot, and otiot, which means the the cantillation marks, the letter the the letters themselves, and the and the vowels. Yeah. and those are the those are the three characteristics, the three the three uh, ingredients of words in Torah. Their the way that they are pronounced, the actual letter themselves, and the way that they're sung. So, in other words, the basket. What he's saying is the basket is made of words. Yeah. In other words, the thing that holds your, your gratitude, the things that holds this produce is your expression of thankfulness to Hashem, that if you're not thankful, it's like it doesn't exist. It's like that is the container for the thing contained. Real,
0: real joy, Real joy can't be contained. It has to be expressed. And exactly. So, so it can't be contained, but yet it's contained by your word. Isn't there also uh, uh, just a direct and heavy implication that the, the nation of Israel standing there before God at that time, they are also the first fruits. This is the Abrahamic experience all over again. It's like saying, what am I going to take to Jerusalem? God will provide that fruit is is the result of trusting Hashem all year long. You you plant and it's that it's that wonderful co-creative uh, dynamic again. You put the seeds in the ground and then God does the rest. You trust in God that this bounty will come forth. Or not, but, the,
1: but this this farmer who works so hard, right? Yeah, and he plants the seed. The seed rots in the ground. And He's right. watering it, and he has to pray that there should be the right amount of sun. And he's praying, and he's and he's working so hard, and then and he can't explain the miracle of life, how it bursts forth from the ground. So he so he let's say he's growing weeds, right? <laughs> and 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 thank God the crop succeeded, and he's mm-hmm. got and he takes the wheat and he harvests it, and he and he winnows it, and he and he and he does. All the stages until he makes it into flour and he bakes bread, <laughs> he's really worked so hard. And then he sits down to eat this bread. And what does he say? Blessed are you, Hashem, our God, King of the Universe, who brings forth bread, bread from, from the, the earth. earth. Yeah, yeah. Because he, he he can't explain any, any of this. Now, interestingly, yes, the, the children of Israel are called the first of Hashem's crop. But in, in Parshat Balak, in Bilam's prophecy. He says that Amalek is first among nations.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: First among nations, but its end will be eternal destruction. What does this mean? That Amalek is the first among the nations. right? The verse I was referring to is Jeremiah 2, 3, that says, Israel is holy to Hashem, the first of his crop. All who devour will be guilty. Evil shall come upon them, the word of Hashem. But the, but the point is that there is a... Um, this opposite that did God create, it says in Ecclesiastes 7.14. The truth is Amalek hates Israel and that's its singularity. And and it's a very high level of hate because it's for no reason and no explanation. It's total, all-encompassing hate. And that's why God declares a total war of destruction against him. And and, uh, it's considered to be this concept of Hashem's hashem's definition of evil incarnate because he says that his he says that Amalek is holding his hand against the uh, against the throne of of Hashem himself because he is trying to blot out Hashem's name from creation exodus seventeen sixteen from the hand of is on the throne of god. i I wonder what the connection is between. The end of Pashat Ki which ends on this cliffhanger of this eternal commandment to obliterate a malek, and then we begin with this incredible, beautiful experience, this the, the, the totally sublime and 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 um, you know quintessential experience of thankfulness of bringing the first fruits in the basket to Hashem. This is the antidote to to how
0: how to blot out the memory of Amalek. How do you do it? When you get down to the Pashut, the very simple level, Hashem is always giving us the antidote. And I, I think it's really interesting that Amalek is the offspring of Esav. And Esav gave us Amalek because Amalek is a kind of first fruit that happens when you forget to be grateful, when you're bitter. This is how you from year to year from everyday experiences you ward off all of that because someone who's grateful is someone who does not forget their god amalek is someone who's not only forgotten god they're actively trying to blot out the actual remembering of god on a day-to-day experience
1: i want to bring this to a place where all of our listeners can can experience it and appreciate it sure because on the one level, the first fruits are to be brought by the children of Israel, and they are only to be brought in the land of Israel, and they, right. are, not brought from, from, they are not brought from apples and apricots. They are brought only from the seven species right. for which the land of Israel is famous. Deuteronomy 8.8, 8. uh, uh, the verse tells us it's a land of wheat, barley, grape, figs, and pomegranates, a land of oil, olives, and date honey. And those are the seven species, however, the idea is this: when a malik, uh does its thing, it's trying to it's trying to uproot our um, it's trying it's trying to knock us off balance. What does our balance consist of? Our balance consists of being mindful, recognizing that Hashem is king. It's again something that we need to remind ourselves about in this season now it means acknowledging that Hashem's power fills the world. And there's divine providence over each and every person. This is a full-time job for us to to remember this, right? We never give in to, to darkness, never give in to despair, never give in to fear, but cling to Hashem. This is the opposite of a malik. A malik that happens upon you. And again, it means that he just wants you to think like, oh, well, I am just totally at the mercy of fate. And he also injects you with coolness, right? He cools off the, the the heart. He wants you to feel like, what am I going to get excited about God? He he wants you to feel that there's no reason to be excited. And so, this is very deep. His thing would be like, this is the connection between the end of Ketitze and the beginning of this part. His thing is like, what are you getting so excited about? It's just a bunch of fruit. <laughs> what are you being so excited about? He's so serious? And he is like, in total denial, right? Here we are coming home in joy, the privilege of receiving the land, the privilege of bringing the first fruit in joy back to him in full acknowledgement and recognition of what he does for us, what he continues to do for us. But And it's the same thing with everyone. That's why I say I want to bring it to our listeners. The choice is always ours about everything. And The Torah is speaking of the seven species here in the land of Israel that we bring for our first fruits. But but all of us have our first fruits. All of us have our opportunity to bring back to Hashem what He gives us, and to show our appreciation and to thank Him. And the choice that we have is: Are we going to be in denial, or are we going to recognize Hashem in our lives? Because the Amalek induced headspace is to be doubtful, to be suspicious. To be afraid and to say, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure that there's a God. Uh, prove it to me. And and it is, um, you know what? If things are as they are, it's nature. Mm. It's, science. Yeah. it's science. It's science. It's <laughs> nature. It's not God. And 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 he and, and if we have a hard time seeing Hashem in the world, it's because Amalek is standing in front of us, casting his shadow. The shadow is doubts. And, and Amalek can't tolerate the idea. And this is why Amalek hates Israel, because Israel's whole thing is that even when it seems hopeless, even when it seems that the world is ruled by violence and by falsehood, we, we remain faithful. And that is a faith that is beyond reason. And that's why we're called a stiff-necked people. Because we have we have in a positive in a positive sense. Yeah. So there's this eternal battle always going on between faith and doubt. It's, it's a battle of these forces. That's why Hashem calls it his battle, a battle of Hashem against Amalek in every generation. And this is this is um so real what we're all going through i i think i think we all feel it i think any person who's listening understands exactly what we're talking about there is a there is a um amalek has has spawned seeds of doubts seeds of doubt in the world and seeds of cold-heartedness in the world those two aspects of Asher karcha, doubt and cold-heartedness and and uh that is Basically, it's it's uh, it's a toolkit to make us feel that we are simply in a world of chaos, and 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 yeah. If we if we succumb to that, then I'm looking at this basket of fruit, and I'm like, wait a minute, what was I thinking? I'm bringing these fruits to Hashem, and I'm thanking Him. It's just fruit because a rips the soul out of everything, and a it's like the the a world is a dead world. The fruit is a bunch of fruit. The world is a world without God. And that's what leads us to the next part of our Torah portion. That's exactly what leads us to to the difficult part of our Torah portion, which ostensibly seems to us to be in such tremendous contradiction to everything that we've said until now, we, we 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 seem to have a Torah portion here of extreme, of even diametric contrasts. Because on the one hand, the Torah portion that we're describing begins in Deuteronomy 26 with this incredible, beautiful commandment of bringing the first fruits, which is a the, the, it's the greatest expression and experience of both individual and national joy. You know, and and the pilgrim recites this whole history of. Of 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 the of the nation because he's part of the community he's part of everything right and and then we have these curses which begin in uh in in, in verse fifteen of chapter twenty eight and they are basically these these curses that will befall Israel for not hearkening to the commandments which begins with the verse and it will be if you do not obey Hashem your God to observe all of His commandments and statutes which I am commanding you this day that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you and so the question is. How do we reconcile the immeasurable joy expressed by the concept of the bringing of the first fruits in the beginning of the Torah reading with this immeasurably painful, dreaded section of the Torah?
0: Democracy is not going to save Israel, uh, there, and you've already found this out already that the present state that 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 Israel is in right now is because democracy has finally taken its final course. And and this I know this sounds radical. It sounds like I'm anti-democracy, but I'm I'm anti-democracy without
1: God as our leader. First of all, don't apologize. Democracy yeah. is a pretty, a pretty word, a nice Greek word, but it's not yeah. found in the Torah. To say that, to say that democracy is is not a Torah concept, doesn't mean that we're not democratic. It means right. that if the if the goal of a demo, of a democratic movement or government is to is to uproot God from the world, there's something very very wrong.
0: Well, it sounds like and what you uh, described is going on right now. It sounds exactly, exactly what's going on is to uproot God. I mean, it's the point we just talked about this last week. That for a person to stand up in a public forum, uh, especially uh, if you're if you're going to be in, interviewed by people in the broadcast newsroom these days to invoke the idea of, of the creator is to set yourself up to be laughed at and and derided. And that's a place that we've arrived in this current world that I never thought we'd ever see, you know, especially in, in here in America, where. The, the whole founding concept of a creator is bound up in our constitution. And let's not forget that the real constitution of, of the nation of Israel
1: is the Torah. Yes, the long and the short of it, I think, is that, the, is that the blessings and the curses are connected in the same roots. Because the source of the overwhelming joy that's felt in bringing the first fruits, what is the source of the joy? It's what what power is my gratefulness what what articulates my mm-hmm. thanks in that basket my my recognition of Hashem it's the perception of the reality of Hashem in the world of Hashem's love in the world of his compassion and and the the, the experience of bringing the first fruit it's it calls upon us to look at our lives, to look at the beauty of our lives, to find the divine providence in our lives, to realize what is this this whole declaration that the pilgrim declares where he's talking about how Hashem has taken us out of Egypt and all of the history that we've gone through until now. Also on a personal level, he's thinking is that, is that my life is, is divine providence. It's the timing of Hashem. It's intelligent design that's brought me until this point. And all of this again is, is so apropos for this month of Elul. Yeah. We, in the, during the course of the year, we get, you know, we get worn out and we forget that I am to my beloved and my beloved is to me. We, we forget what that really means. The, the the intimacy of the relationship. And uh, this is the challenge is the challenge is to always keep it new, keep it, fresh, keep it alive. And then we come to the section in our parsha where Moshe is speaking uh, of these, of the, of the terrible flip side of reality, uh, even calling them admonitions and calling them curses. it It's not, it's not doing it for me because it's a flip side. It's a flip side. It's a dark negative image of reality because Everything comes from Hashem and everything is ultimately for our, for, for our own good. And these things also, you know, what is, the, what is the idea here? Are they from Hashem or are they simply the consequences of our own actions that we bring upon ourselves? If a, if a doctor says, if you do this and this and this and this and this, then this is going to happen to you. If you eat this, this is going to happen to you. If, you. if you don't stop smoking, this is going to happen to you. He's not cursing you. No. He's not he's not wishing it on you. He's saying this is what's gonna happen if you if you are not um cognizant of 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 your own responsibility to yourself. Yeah. But to, but 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 I, but open up your heart in the deepest way. I, I don't want to be clinical about it. The, 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 this section of these these verses that we call these curses, they're they're so powerful and moving and again they are they are spoken all in the singular to that person who separates himself from Hashem and and they are you know first first we have this this unbelievable uh, declaration where where we're told this day Hashem your God commands you to perform these decrees and these and the statues and you shall observe and perform them with all your heart and with all your soul you have made Hashem today to be a God for you And to walk in his ways and to observe his decrees. And Hashem has made you today for him to be a treasured people. So there is a relationship here, right? And and by the way, I'm just skipping for now in, in in our talk today. Chapter 27 is this incredible concept of the very first day that the nation was to come into the land. They are given a mission of erecting these huge stones. Yeah. And it is it is just absolutely phenomenal what this is really all about and and I hope God willing in our video this week we're going to discuss the concept of this incredible uh, assembly where these these stones were erected and what was their significance and um, what the meaning of of this whole section of these this um of whole stones shall you build the altar of a shaman? You shall inscribe on the stones all the words of the Torah well clarified. It's an an amazing, amazing idea. Isn't it almost uh,
0: like a national mezuzah in in a way? In many ways, I think it is. I think think it's
1: also a a type of broadcast to the whole world Mm -hmm. uh, about what our... Connection with this land really is so. So we'll, we'll discuss that more in the in the video. Sure. You know, in chapter twenty eight in Parashat Kitavo, we we have a very succinct um, description of the blessings that will overtake the people when they fulfill Hashem's word, and then and then in in verse fifteen, this this section begins this um, admonition, and it's difficult reading. It, it's really really difficult reading, but I want to call to your attention some. Some, some very specific points because, you know, uh, not relating for the moment to, to the details of all the things that we read here, there is a general feeling of tremendous, what I would call eternal existential angst in these verses. There's a, there's a, 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 a sadness which seems to be relentless and that is this this unsolvable sadness that becomes the lot of one who rejects hashem that is that is how i would view these i won't even call them curses i'll call them consequences they are they are the inevitable consequence of living of, of living one's life without acknowledgement of Hashem. In other words, if you choose the Amalekite version of history of a godless vacuum world, which is not intelligent design and which is not with Hashem's compassion, but which is basically stuff happens, this is what befalls you. And, it, and it's not Hashem's fault. It's not Hashem's fault. And this idea of, again, there's many, many specifics here, which are horrific, but for example, in verse 20, Hashem will send in your midst attrition, confusion, and worry. In verse 28, Hashem will strike you with madness and with blindness and with confounding of the heart. There, there, I think that the, that the greatest, meaning the worst, the most difficult, the most unbearable aspect of all of these curses is this aspect of this nameless fear hmm. that overtakes the person. And then verse 34, right? You will go mad from the sight of your eyes that you will see. And you know, Jim, I, I think that some of this is coming true for people. Yeah. And there's all sorts of different opinions amongst the sages about different historical periods when certain aspects of, of these of these things seem, seem, seem to have been borne out in history. That's another aspect altogether. But there are so many different uh, descriptions here of of this life, which is a life of a terrible feeling of emptiness, of loneliness, but worse, of vulnerability and of being at the mercy of of just a malignant fate. In the end, look at these verses with which chapter 28 moves to a conclusion. Beginning in verse 65, and among those nations, you will not be tranquil. There will be no rest for the sole of your foot. There Hashem will give you a trembling heart, longing of eyes, and suffering of soul. Your life will hang in the balance, and you will be frightened night and day, and you will not be sure of your livelihood. In the morning, you will say, Who could give me back last night? And in the evening, you will say, Who could give me back this morning? For the fright of your heart that you will fear, and the sight of your eyes that you will see. And so, this it, to me is the most striking aspect of of these verses—not the particulars about all of, all of the different types of of misfortune that's going to fall you, but this aspect of this this terrible fear. And we skip something. We skip something very, very important, and that is that uh, something very, very unusual, something very, very amazing. That there's an explanation that's given in the midst of all of this, which is so noteworthy as to be, it's absolutely extraordinary. Because we're reading horrible things here about what could happen to us if we turn our backs on Hashem. Exactly. We're reading these horrible things and there's an explanation that's given in the middle. And the explanation that's given is, is, is not it's that it's because we were not observing Shabbat. And it's not because we were not observing some other major or minor principle of Torah. It's not, that's not the explanation that's given. Instead, the explanation that's given, which is staggering beyond words, in verse 47, why is all of this happening to you? Because you did not serve Hashem your God amid gladness and goodness of heart when everything was abundant. And, and when in and the words, when everything was abundant, our sages explained means that you did not realize that what you had was abundant and exactly what you were supposed to have. And so this whole incredible, uprooted, convoluted, Misimage of reality that will befall us if we turn our back on Hashem. The explanation is given is because you were not besimcha, you were not joyful, right. you were not appreciating, you were not thankful to Hashem. That's the only reason. And so this ties everything together so tightly because it ties together with the end of Kitteh, which is because that was a Malik's whole goal is to make you feel that you're all alone here and that and that Hashem is is not here and so he makes you feel everything is just as it is and there's no reason to be thankful and then this this concept of this of this uh overwhelming feeling of of vulnerability and fear and 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 despair psychologically that that uh, that uh, totally permeates and and comes through in these verses it's all connected to the to the first fruits in the beginning of the parsha, which is the antidote, which is which is which is basically uh, that's why I say this is for all of us. It's not just for the Israelites bringing the first fruits in the land. It's for every single person anywhere that's listening. Look at what you have. Look at your first fruits. Look what Hashem is giving you, and thank Him.
0: Yeah, with exactly. words,
1: mm-hmm. with words, recognition, thankfulness, acknowledgement of Hashem in the life of the individual and the life of every nation is what makes the world. Go around. What is what does the, the pilgrim do? He comes and he stands before Hashem with his with, with his little basket of fruit, and he's standing in the holy place, pl- holy place on earth at the location of the, he knows that it's the location of, of Adam's creation. And he's confessing before Hashem, he's basically saying, Everything that I have is you, is yours. I am alive, and my people exist. And you brought us to this land, and it's all thanks to your your kindness. And I think for every single one of us that the goal of this recital, of this oral history, the confession made by the pilgrim, and the goal for us now to read about this is to inspire us to always remain this way, like a pilgrim coming to the temple, always renewed, always experiencing anew, the wonder, the newness of life, and seeing that Hashem is constantly keeping us alive and appreciating and thankful and and being thankful and bringing this positivity into the world. And especially today. And the reason I, I, this is just, it's chilling to me. It's chilling to me because this is so real, what we are all facing where there is this fear factor, this, 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 this fear um, campaign that is being waged against us Uh, And it's on so many levels and everyone is feeling it. And it's like, it's our choice. It's our choice to remember that uh, we can be in denial and, and we can give in to this or we can recognize that Hashem is in control. And and, not the, and 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 th- and those that are pushing the fear agenda seem to want us honestly. I mean, it, it sounds like a conspiracy, <laughs> it doesn't it? Do, but they seem to want us to forget that there's a God in the world. And they no, want the us world to- is not hopeless. It can't. It can't be right that this is the end of the world. I can't. I do not believe that the world is run by aliens and that they're coming back. I do not believe that that the world is going to explode. That the sun is going to burn us, and uh, 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 or in some other Tom Cruise movie. I, I do not believe that. Uh, or Nicholas Cage I do not believe that <laughs> the world is going to end not with a bang and not with a whimper. Yeah. I TS Eliot I believe that Hashem has the good of humanity in mind and that the best is yet to come. But here it is it's a, it's a 2 weeks before Rosh Hashanah and our job is to make Hashem king over us not any external group or person or factor or solution Hashem is the king if you want to do something else do it in conjunction with the realization that everything is up to Hashem and in his his is in his hands
0: yeah we got to remember this because because what's going on in the world today in every nation with with you know you name the problems that are going on right now that have wrecked our everyday lives for some is the fact that that the forces at work want us to depend on them they want us to they want us to believe that the, the governments want us to believe that we that we depend solely on them. You've you've got to listen to what we're doing. We're we're providing you the, the key to life and death. They, they want to replace God. I mean, it's more I'm from
1: the government. I'm here yeah, to help.
0: Yeah, exactly. The, the most fearful words you could ever hear. You know, uh, you know, the, the, the worst words in the world are some assembly required. And I'm here from the government and I'm here to help. the, the when, when one of our previous presidents said, you know, our job is 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 to make us uh, is to be the answer to all your ills. I knew we were in trouble because that's what that's what, you know, the politicians want us to do. They want us to believe that they are our savior and and they want us to forget, you know, because they're all a bunch of humanists anyway. Let's let's face it they they basically believe that you know all the ills that came our way came through some random accident and uh but they're here to help and if you'll just listen to us and do what we tell you uh you'll you'll have nothing to fear when i really believe they're the creators of the fear and they're the ones that are pumping it out daily with the help of uh, sorry i'm going to say it again the media you know it it's it, it's it's the uh, you know, when you look at Amalek, don't forget that his, you know, that his his uh, he's a descendant of Esav, who was the ultimate um, self-made man. I mean, that's his description as he's born. That's actually what Esav means. Yeah, he's a self-made man, and he he Esav believed that everything, all of his strength and all of all all of his glory came from it was from him. Uh, you know, and he was and not that, grateful. He was not grateful. He
1: was that's a right. self-made man. And that's and, and why he was. That's why he wanted to sell the, the 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 blessing because he said to to Yaakov, "What do I need the next world for? I don't believe in it. I don't, I don't, believe, don't believe in, in it." In that shame.
0: blessing is that blessing is like a wisp to me. It's just an idea that has no concrete reality, and we have to remember that story. It the roots of all everything we're talking about go back to that moment in in time. Between those two brothers, because the whole battle today is 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 going on between esau the the mindset of Esav, and the mindset of Yaakov,
1: and what you're describing. Just give you a, a one word teaser, one sentence teaser, to the the Torah portion video. Um, the the antidote, the opposite of Esavian media, media, which I agree with you that the media is a total expression of Esav today, but those stones that Israel is to erect as soon as they pass into the land that is the original mass media there you go that israel was to that israel was to broadcast to the world that message right. and that's why that's why we need to learn about what what that whole concept is
0: The those stones but, are, those stones are a a an embodiment a physical embodiment of the torah shall go forth from zion that's exactly what it was. It's when you enter the land. God says the Torah is is the thing that w- the nations need need the principles of the Torah. Not not that not that the uh, you know that we have to follow the six thirteen. We have seven to follow, and they're so easy. But uh, if you don't, I a lady once asked me in a lecture. She said, "If you believe so much in the Torah." Uh, why just stop at seven? And I said, Do you believe what would if if the whole world started observing the 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 Shevimitz vote, you know, don't steal, don't lie, don't kill, uh, you know, uh, set up courts of justice, uh, peace would break out all over the world right now. And 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 by the way, the first one, which is against idolatry that would wipe out uh, exactly what we're talking about right now it, people would believing in hashem not in in idols who never who neither speak nor move nor you know provide believing in an idol eventually leads to an amalekian mindset bitterness and doubt and and how anybody could ever put their um their stock and their 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 hope and their purpose into something immovable and intangible as as you know a a uh, you know well, it's, the, it's the golden calf too it's all
1: that an idol an idol yes I think this verse that I, that I mentioned verse 47 is one of the most incredibly powerful um, verses in the whole Torah because you did not serve Hashem your God amid gladness and and goodness of heart when everything was abundant and skipping back to Verse 34, you will go mad from the sight of your eyes that you will see. And then those verses towards the end, who, 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 if it was only last night and in the morning, if it, it was, if it was at night, if it was only the morning for the fright of your heart, you will fear or the sight of your eyes that you will see. And this is the answer. It's all because if we do not see Hashem in our lives, if we do not recognize Hashem's goodness providing for us, then this is what we devolve into. And I think this is the whole idea of tshuva, that we are sp- speaking about so much now in the month of L o repentance. Repentance is like a reset, where we want, where we, you know, how sometimes like your your device gets stuck. Here, everybody understands. Everybody understands the language of devices. You have a device and it gets stuck, and so you have to, don't you have to reset it, maybe to the factory default? You're, re- yeah, you're that's re- what. Yeah, th- that's what repentance is all about. It's it's coming back to who we really were. And who we really are supposed to be, and uh, because we got corrupted, the fungal got corrupted, and and this amazing parsha that connects all of these ideas of the of, of of joy, total joy, the total joy of acknowledging and thanking Hashem, of putting ourselves, our accomplishments, the blessings that Hashem gives us in a basket made of our words, and thanking Him for everything, and how amale comes against that with his fear mongering, his fear mongering that he succeeds in in um, infusing us with through denial and through doubt. This this topic of fear, it is so apropos to everything that we're that we are going through today and all the all of the different types of fear that we are being bombarded with, that we are being infected with, that we are being convinced Uh, is going to be our end, and what we must do in order to survive. All of this is addressed by Psalm 27. Psalm 27, by David, Hashem is my light and my salvation, is the psalm that we are accustomed to reading, many congregations in Israel, twice a day, in the morning and in the evening, during this period of time, from the beginning of Elul all the way through Sukkot. And this is a psalm which which whose themes are very much connected with everything that we're going through now and this period of time. And, it, and this is how it begins. Hashem is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Hashem is my life's strength. Whom shall I dread? And then it, it, it just goes on and on as an unbelievable uh, chapter describing trust in Hashem and um, taking refuge in Hashem as our, as our shelter. And hoping to Hashem and trusting in Hashem, and it and it's so amazing. And it it's, it you know begins with these words: Hashem is my light and my salvation. From whom shall I fear? Hashem is the stronghold of my life. He is like the fortress of my life. And all of these ideas are exactly what we should be contemplating and thinking about and working on and reminding ourselves of during this very formative, sensitive period of the year when we are hopefully reformatting <laughs> we are reformatting and just just wiping the drive mm-hmm. and reformatting and, and and getting ready to receive the new light because every year brings in a new light yeah and this is I the only get better
0: this is the ultimate uh, positive uh, uh what what the, uh, what, uh what do you call when you look in the in the mirror in the morning and, and you now they have a they have a phrase for it I can't think of the phrase when you you know a, a person that goes out in the workaday world and they're supposed to oh self affirmation so to speak uh, it, it's is a level above that because it <laughs> what's amazing is God is commanding Israel to be joyful. And that sounds like a, that sounds because we're I think we're because the the Western mindset makes us think like we, you can't you can't force someone to be joyful. But it's the, the bottom line is that that being joyful is a choice exactly. and you you can choose to be joyful. You can literally, you know, anybody. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah,
1: and I think that's the, the thing deepest we, truth of the Torah. is the deepest truth is that everything is up to you. Yes. You don't. You don't want to recognize Hashem. You don't want to be joyful. You want to fall into a bottomless pit mm-hmm. of despair, as we read about in this Parsha. It's up to you. The antidote yeah. is to serve right. Hashem with gladness. That's the word
0: I I, was, I wanted to say. Is the medicine, the antidote. You either take it or don't. You know, you you can either you can get up in the morning and say, thank you, God. It's a wonderful world. You said it was good every time you created every day. Or you can say, (laughs) "Oi," and just reject all of it and fall into like you described a pit. And so God God can command us to be joyful, because, because anything he tells us to do is is not something that we're incapable
1: of doing. Exactly. You know, he's calling out to us that he that he's here. Amen. Amen. How did Louis Armstrong put it? I see <laughs> skies of blue, clouds of white, <laughs> bright blessed day, dark sacred night, and I think to myself, what a wonderful, a wonderful world. world.
0: Ouch. Okay. <clears throat> Don't cut that out. I won't. I won't
1: cut that out. I promise. Okay. Let's <laughs> just get a bonus this week again. Get, listen to that. Right. Because I didn't bring my shofar today. So at least we sang a little Louis Armstrong to wake us up. I apologize. I I was, uh, I forgot, I forgot to bring my shofar today. So yeah. in the meantime, we still bless our listeners with a wonderful week of continuing the spirit of Elul, of of finding a of overcoming our, vulnerability and fears and realizing that Hashem is our refuge and our strength and our shelter and that everything else is illusion and not to not to buy into the fear but to make the choice not to be in denial but to recognize Hashem as the source of all of our blessings and most important of all to express our appreciation and thankfulness for everything to acknowledge him in our lives that's what brings joy back into our lives and into the world amen We'll